Man, just something about that music just gets me pumped and <laughs> and ready to go for another episode of the Andre the Beast Creighton Show. Welcome. You know, today I am fortunate, once again, to have an extraordinary guest on my show. So let me talk a little bit about her before uh, she comes on. She's been in the anchoring industry, news anchoring, radio broadcasting for over 33 years. Don't, it doesn't mean that 33 years means that she's outdated. It means she brings a lot of experience to the table. We watched her for years. I watched her, idolized her skills, her attributes, and basically being a master of her craft by always staying in that beast frame of mind. She has been a pillar, and she still is a pillar to the community by helping out in the health-related areas as well as impacting new and innovative things that this city needs. She is a mother, mm-hmm. a wife, and more importantly, a friend to all of us in the community and throughout the United States. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the Andre the Beast Show my good friend, Miss Debbie Knox. Andre, thank you. That's quite an introduction. That I'm getting good at this. You are getting real good. I'm, I'm hiring you. That's great. No, no, no. Very, thank you very much. That's sweet. So, Debbie, tell yeah. the viewers a little bit about you. I mean, you your, your list of achievements clearly goes on and on, but I'll allow you to tell a little bit. Well, uh, professionally, uh, just a real quick, you know, uh, backstory. You know, so I uh, graduated from Michigan back in the day. I went to work at Wham Radio, and uh, where is that at? Wham Radio is in Ann Arbor. It's A A M, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and okay. I, I was there and. Um, I started on the radio and I, I couldn't speak very well and so I got a couple of lessons of like trying to do better in speaking and um, that worked and right. I did some traffic work then moved on to WNDU up in South Bend then over to the ABC affiliate SJV in Elkhart and then uh, 1980 moved to Indianapolis and, and went to work at Wish TV and then took a year off in 2014 and then started at CBS4. CBS4. Your home of the Colts yes right so yeah. So your career basically was in Michigan. So tell me a little about mm-hmm. what went on in Michigan and more importantly, why you left Michigan to come to Indiana. Uh, yeah, Michigan. Well, you know, I when I got out of college, I thought, well, I'm going to be a newspaper reporter, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that's, you know, that's a pencil and paper at the time. Right. And, you know, just get out there and, and, you know, tough it out and talk to people. And and it didn't happen that way. I was I was a, a cocktail waitress at the Ann Arbor Inn. And I wore a low neck sweater and a short skirt, and I got a job in a radio station. <laughs> so that uh, that kind of got me going in in broadcasting. I right. never really intended broadcasting, and that got me to the Wham Radio. And then it, you know, and then my mother, who's working her, you know, magic, it was back in uh, Southern Lower Michigan, and she said, "Hey, 
there's a TV station that's hiring people. You ought to come down here and, and try out for the job because, you know, radio is just going to make a certain amount of money. You're not right. going to make a whole ton of money. But uh, so that's where that's where I kind of got my direction. You know, it was the opportunity at a restaurant where a radio station owner was I was I was bringing him drinks and he said, hey. Hey, girly. That's, that's usually how it starts good. with a yeah, drink. That's, right. that's about right. How about you want to go to work for a radio station? I said, sure. Yeah, so that would be great. So, but there was a career career thought about long before radio and broadcasting, too. Let's talk about the uh, the ski trips. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. And the cocktail drinks there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there was go- yeah, we'll get, we'll get right down to it. So, yeah, so I started in Michigan, but then I uh, I uh, decided that I wanted to live in Colorado for a couple of years. And that's kind of related to old boyfriends and stuff like that more right. than you want to know. Well, but, the viewers <laughs> might want to know. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so I moved out there, and... Um, it, then I thought, gosh, I got to get back into school because I was just kind of I was working for a physician out there and uh, rediscovered my ski routes, you right. know. So I, I started skiing out in Breckenridge and skiing in Vail. I'm skiing out there. You ski a lot because it's a, the the you know the slopes are just so long. So I, I got so I got pretty good at it, and I thought I was pretty good. And I, thought I started exploring the idea of becoming a ski patrol, which te- you you have to become an EMT or paramedic. It's a much bigger deal than just hey I can ski really well. Right. So I, I that went on the back burner. But I I love skiing, and uh, I haven't done it for a couple of years because I just haven't been out there. But I, that is probably my favorite favorite sport in terms of my own personal abilities okay. you know my dad was always like you can't do anything because you're a woman you know and I said well, wait a minute you know <laughs> so and he's old school very old right. school so and he was a skier and then when I learned to ski he had new respect for me and that was almost part of my reason for like wanting to get good at it because you learned how to ski like in Michigan learned in Michigan but got good at it in Colorado okay okay how long were you in Colorado a couple of years two two and a half years okay. so it's just you know when you're going every weekend had not, and it's easy to get the veil from Denver and Boulder, and and then you went it. from Colorado to back to Ann Arbor, where I Arbor. yeah, then graduated from Michigan, and then I uh, worked at the radio station there, and then it was on to TV. So, so then your career boosted channel channel eight. It was well I, from South Bend and Elkhart. I got to Indianapolis in 1980, and I got a I got a job. Lee Giles hired me. God love him, right. and uh, that started me. And I started on the noon news at Wish TV and doing reporting. And How did you wind up becoming the anchor though? How long did it take to become the anchor at channel eight? Take take maybe about a, a year or so. There was a woman by the name of Carol Krause that nobody knows probably anymore, but I remember. She's good, very good reporter and very good anchor and she ended up she had a boyfriend uh, that was working in chicago at wbbm tv right and she left to be with him and so the the opening was there and i just walked right in and started doing the early news and just sort of was working with mike ahern and me and went on from five to six and then six to the 11 so were you were you were you nervous i mean because or did you have this experience to go right into that seat uh, I, I had some experience, but certainly not at the level of, you know, thinking I was really ready for it. But I was watching other people at that point, like people like Jane Pauley, who was from right, Indianapolis. Right. And and Jane was like kind of like a big icon for me at the time because I saw her bounce from IU to Wish TV to MAQ. She was at Wish TV? She was at Wish TV. Yeah, Lee Giles hired her. That's his claim to fame. And then she went to MAQ in, in uh, Chicago and then to the Today Show. Is there a reason he didn't hire David Letterman? Uh, you know, David Letterman. I, David Letterman worked at THR. He did work. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah. I, we just didn't have an opening. I'm guessing. But Letterman was. Yeah, he's another Indianapolis guy. Now, your your um, 
being the head news person mm-hmm. for Channel 8, you had a longevity there for 33 years. Right. I was at Wish TV for 33 years. What were some of the, what were some of the most memorable moments you had there? I it probably well you know it depends on what you're talking about I had great moments with Mike Ahern he was a funny guy and a, right. and, a, and a good newsman and I learned a lot from him and I got to hang with him and I got to meet a lot of interesting people along the way I did a lot of interesting interviews with people along the way I interviewed uh, you know Mrs. Bush George W. Bush's mother really? um, uh, just oh gosh people along the way that you know were were fun to meet. Patty did a lot of entertainment kinds of people. Early on, I was doing some of that, but she really was much better and, and took over that kind of thing. But I, um, I I just did a lot of just interviews. George, George Bush's mother is a real tough cookie, I discovered. What do you so mean by cookie? She, well, I, I was, I thought I could just say, hey, you know, I, I could make a criticism of her, you know, hey, what about this about your husband? And it was George Sr. at the time. Right. And she looked at me in the eye and it was like, you are not messing with my husband. And I could just see this very grandmotherly look with the pearls and the gray hair right. and then something very tough on the inside. And I, I just I could <laughs> feel it radiate. I felt the same thing with Hillary Clinton. I interviewed Hillary Clinton when she was running for president right. back in 2008 when Obama was I, I interviewed Obama a couple of times, too. Um, but she was that kind of tough you know, I'll, I'll answer your question, but just hardness there that you aren't going to get past it. She's she's ready to fight, you know, sort of thing. So speaking of the, um, the 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 different presidents and different mm-hmm. people that you um, interview, what is your stance so far with the way the government and so forth has changed without getting too technical? How it's just where we are politically yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Well, obviously very divided and. Um, I'm hoping that we uh, it doesn't take a disaster for us to come together. It was 9/11. Every you know everybody sort of got behind 9/11 and, and that united the country. I don't want anything like that. I just hope that we can all sort of talk talk through our differences. Differences, yeah, and and find out about each other because when you really get to know each other, there's not that many differences. It's, yeah. You know, you're hearing people scream on TV and you need to let it go. You know, so when um, we talked about. Why don't you tell me? Tell me a moment in, in your life that mm-hmm. was so hardening that mm-hmm. you just felt like there was no end and you managed to come up out of there and, and with flying colors and go, wow, I couldn't believe I've done mm-hmm. this. We've all had those moments. Yeah, you bet. I've had a number of them. And, and the one that comes to mind <clears throat> was when I was living in Elkhart and uh, – I knew I had to. I knew I had to grow my career. I knew I had to. to Elkhart and South Bend are lovely places, but it's small market, and you you know you're you're not going to be able to to grow the way you'd like to professionally. And so I started, you know, down the road of you know sending out tapes, and then I you know and trying to get a job and in an interview with another TV station, and I got rejected a number of times. And um, I I I got you know I I started sending money to Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, and you know. <laughs> no. Finding God on TV, and but it was you know it was it it was because I was you know worried so much about my life and where if if I was ever going to get this opportunity to ever go beyond. Was your family hard on you that made you get to that thing? Like they was demanding that you 
secede because your father was a doctor. Yeah, he is. He is a doctor. He's still alive. He's ninety. Um, I, you know, there was always an expectation that I was going to get through college and be and and you know support myself. And that was and, and the way I got motivated is my mother would just absolutely drill. You know, she would let me know every day how much she spent on me. So it'd be like, Debbie, do you know how much I paid for that dress you're wearing? And I thought, oh, mom, oh, well, I paid $80. And I, you, and it was just that. And so I, what drove me was to get away from that. Right, I didn't right. want to have anybody control everything. So, so I had a lot of internal ambition. So anyway, I got, I got into, you know, sending tapes out. And then finally, it just kind of like, you know, this moment, a, a, a light bulb went on and said, Debbie, you need to be very disciplined about sending out your tapes and, and get, get less emotional about it and just hit it. Like you do with weight loss and everything in, uh, big in your life. You just got to get serious about it. And when I did, opportunities started coming my way. And I, it, was, I, it was a learning lesson for me. I was just like, you know, get prepared, make it, make it a business, be serious about it, and then proceed and do what you need to do. Don't be, oh, I got rejected and everything's terrible and get all caught up in that. You need to like no, okay, you expect that kind of thing, but let's move on, you know. Then when you got the rejection letter, did they briefly tell you why you got rejected? No, not necessarily, no. It was just sort of like, well, sorry, we don't have any openings right now, so see ya. You know, but, so I didn't, I didn't know if I was, it was a bad tape or I looked bad or, you know, all that sort of thing. I had no idea at the time. So I, I guess didn't. being the celebrity that you are, because let's be real, you, you're a celebrity, you're an icon. People really don't realize that you really probably had a tough struggle to even get to where you're at well i i you know i i had i had some struggles in and and you know but i compared to what people go through in life i i've I've sort of looked at my life and go babe you know you had it difficult in some areas but compared to some folks what do you mean when you say some folks like how do you compare what you went through in our our times yeah Going in, moving forward into now, as far as the struggles. Well, I think in terms of you know, I never had to worry as a kid about money. You know, I, my mom, my dad had made enough, and and I'm he wasn't a millionaire by any means, but he was you know he was a hard worker, and we never had to worry about stuff like that. And I know a lot of people growing up who have had to worry about where the next meal's coming from. Right. I never had that. Uh, I did have my mom had a lot of issues as we were growing up, and I think she came from a very poor background, and and her, her she had a lot of like mental stuff going on, and it was depression, and so there was a lot of there was a lot of trauma and some turmoil during that growing up uh, with her. She's kind of she's sorted a lot of it out, but it was hard at the time, and as a kid you don't understand what's going on. So and I was taking responsibility for whatever if she would have a you know go through a depression it was like i caused it and it, i realized it really wasn't me many years later but anyway that so was, yeah you, you learn you know and you just you know, and then you and then you think about other people who've had it much tougher and you know abusive parents and people who have all sorts of emotional issues and difficulties and stuff it's you know it's i i feel like i've been i've been lucky that would probably explain one of the reasons that you're so passionate about one of the fields that you're in in the news the news area which is health related Mm -hmm. issues tell me a little bit about that well you know growing up i was all you know my dad was always talking about medical issues my mom was a nurse so we i was just sort of always around it so it was comfortable for me and when i got to wish it was like well hey we're going to do health segments why don't you get involved in doing that i said that's kind of a perfect fit for me at this point so i got to and i knew how to you know it's it's funny i knew how to to kind of chit chat with doctors and kind of get through the 
I'm the doctor and I'm the smartest po- you know, person in the world. And, uh, you know, I know I get that. I, right. I've seen that before. I'm not right. bowled over by that. So I, I was able to make a lot of contacts and do a lot of fun stuff, did stories about heart transplant surgeries and early on, way back in the 80s with a, with a doc from Methodist and stuff like that. So it was fun stuff that I got to, you know, explore hearing devices that were changing and technology. And even now I just did a story about um, this. I'm doing a story about a stroke mobile unit. They've got a mobile unit that if you have stroke symptoms it will come out and get you and treat you 35 minutes faster than if you go to the hospital and that's here in indianapolis so is, is I that love on stuff channel like four that. yeah. that's gonna be on channel four that's right i'll get you on my podcast we'll talk about it no, no. oh yeah so speaking of podcast yeah. you're, you're also thinking about doing a podcast well, with I, jason may, maybe i know hey maybe. you know hey, what, i know what, a guy maybe, <laughs> yeah, the, the, what a great producer i love hearing about your role how you now we can turn this all around i can start interviewing you real <laughs> no, quick no, no, do that. no 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 but i but it's been interesting to see how this has all grown, and and what a what a setting! I wish all of your he- listeners and viewers could see this. This is a cool cool setup. Well, Jason, thank you, thank yeah, you, Jason, thank you. yeah, all you great job. I, I, and there's a whole other studio downstairs too. It's amazing. <laughs> downstairs and in the other room. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is like Hollywood. This is terrific. Anyway, now anyway. you got uh, nominated for a lot of major awards. Tell me the most impactful one that really stands out well i've 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 won three emmys and two of them for were for the newscast that i were in but then i also did i got an emmy for some health reporting that i did and i did and that was a series of reports on (laughs) uh women eating their placenta for after after they have a baby you've heard of that i'm mm-hmm. sure you have yeah. there are people women as the kardashians were into it and it's, it's sort of a trend i don't i think people still do it you dry you know whatever you may not, may not want to know all about that but i also in that same series of reports i did a story about a kid at butler who was playing tennis and he was involved in a shooting before he got to butler and he was shot in the hand and he was a tennis player and he had a, a scholarship to go to butler and he got he, you know, he, he talks about how playing tennis with this hand was falling apart, but he made it through right. and got to Butler, and it was an incredible story. And then some other stories that are related to that. So um, I, I'm very proud of those stories. I'm also very proud of a story I did about a guy that had leukemia and uh, his insurance wasn't going to pay for the treatment. And I got real that that really clued me into about how, you know, our we need health care in this country. If you get me started, I'd you know talk about that for all day long, too. Everybody's got a right to health. And everybody, you know, um, I know it's an expensive thing, but everywhere else in the world, the industrialized countries have some form of a basic health care package for people. And I think we need to go in that direction. I know people have issues with it and it could, the expense, and I get it. There's a lot of stuff to work out. I, you know, I thought Obamacare was going down the right road. So, and I did a story about a guy that uh, his family went to bat for him because he heard he had leukemia and the insurance company saying, we're not paying for any more treatments and this poor guy's dying. And it was I, I documented their struggle about f- battling insurance companies and getting on the phone and going through 15 different people. And the guy, he was a good good guy. He worked, he lived next to his parents. He went to IUPUI. He was an engineer, self-made kind of guy, and then got no help 
you know, from anybody because, you know, it just, it just wouldn't pay for his treatment. So how, anyway. how does that make you feel? I can see it's emotional yeah. to you right now. It made me realize what people go through. And if you're sick and you're trying to fight insurance companies and, and or get some, you can go, you know, in this country, you can go broke really easily. I've got friends in Europe that they will not come over here unless they take out an insurance policy because if something happens here... They'll go back with a, a bill that's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars over here. So it's it's just, it's a different system. There's some great strengths in research, and we do a wonderful job of taking care of a lot of people, but a lot of people are just not that healthy in this country, and it's expensive. It's very expensive. So anyway. Well, we know that you take care of yourself because you got a lot of notoriety from the last couple of years, the weight loss that you, mm-hmm. you've achieved. Mm-hmm. So evidently, you must have saw some... Uh, let me rephrase this. Benefits. Benefits. Mm-hmm. But what do you think caused the increase in weight and what led you down the road to say, I need to change this? Uh, it was, you know, I, I, a lot of it is just bad habits, not being mindful about what you're eating, because mm-hmm. that's the big battle. I don't have to tell you. I'm preaching to the choir because you are all about that. Hey, you don't know what I eat today, does it, uh, Well, I know, I know what you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, so, yeah, I, I just let it, you know, you just let it slide. Yeah. You know, you sort of do these things, and then, you know, life takes over, and you're busy, and you're not paying attention, and you slap a pizza in the oven, and you're just, like, not eating right. And that happened to me for way too many years. Um, and then finally, it was like, what in the heck? If I, you're t- looking at pictures of yourself going, that's not me. You know, mm-hmm. that's just, I, that was never, I, I don't want to look like this. So then I got more serious about it. And um, You were got, still doing news, too, correct? I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was toward the end of my time at Wish TV. And, you know, I thought, I, you know, I need to, I need to get myself together here. So I got, I got serious about that, got serious about my diet, worked out assiduously, man. I was like yeah. going over, I lived near Butler. I was going over to Butler. I was, I'm lifting and running and doing everything. And I dropped 60 pounds. I think so. I know. Thank you. Some of this has come back. A pandemic. I'm still working on it. But it was just a lot of sloppiness. And starting at about age 50, not being mindful of what I was doing. You, you know, you. uh, It's funny you keep mentioning Butler, but you Mm -hmm. went to Michigan. You are you are big Butler Uh supporter. So tell me, is there a connection with you and Butler? Yeah. Well, my I I wish there was more of a connection. No, you're right. I went to Michigan. I uh, my both my kids graduated from Butler. Okay. So there's that. And my husband at the time uh, was a he's a psychologist and he was um, the director of the counseling center there. So we had I had a lot of connection and I live five minutes away. Okay. So he was able to he was able to because he was uh, on the staff, able to get access to their workouts facility. So that's where I went. I went so you have two children. Two children, yeah. Tell Older. me about them. Yeah, uh, Mike, Michael Tierman is a lawyer with Ice Miller. He does real estate law there. Okay. And my daughter is Anna Tierman Kidwell, and she is a nurse practitioner. She's a psychiatric nurse, and she works at the Jane Pauley Clinic up in uh, Anderson. So I'll be she, to see her when I leave this. Yeah, <laughs> right. She knows people you know, so yeah. I, know, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're sort of a small world thing, you know? Now, your your son is also a... DJ. DJ. What's his DJ name? Tear Monster. Tear yeah, Monster. and he appears on Twitch every once in a while with F Moon, or that's, you know, I don't... Jason, you ever heard of that? No. 
They're pretty small. Of course small. I have. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Yeah, I mean, he's had a DJ business since he was in high school, and he does weddings and occasional stuff. A now, lawyer you know? that's a DJ. Yeah, oh, yeah, and and every, in a, during the pandemic, in the beginning, he was doing like these crazy graphics and doing DJ music with this other kid that he's with. So he he enjoys it, and he's he's a he's a classically trained pianist. So really? you, you ought to hear him play. Yeah, he's his and and I'm when I go over to his house now, it's like, hey, mom, listen to this, and blah, 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 it's all Beethoven. And Brahms and uh, it's beautiful. He does it. He does well, a great job. We now have the ability to go mobile, so oh. we we might just do that on one of the upcoming podcasts. There you go. There you go. So um, another question I meant to ask: You've been in the broadcasting mm-hmm. in the news industry for years. You've seen a shape. Uh, you retired. Yes. What I was did. life like when you retired? You know, I was ready to retire. I'd worked 33 years at Wish, and I was tired. I mean, I physically just tired. I was doing the late news for a number of years, and it just felt I just felt like it was time for me to go. Do you ever just like, yeah. you know, take I, your I, hat? I, I you know, it's it, time yeah. time to go. So I, it, I, it was time for me to go, and I thought, well, I'm going to just go. And I had no job and wasn't planning on working. Right. But you know, um, did a you know did a you know I did I did some commercial work for Honda and some other things and you know kind of got involved with Patty and her production. That's when I kind of met you and yeah. we were doing some workout stuff together for a show and everything. So it was kind of cool. And then all of a sudden, uh, like August 11th, I, I remember when you got the call. We uh, was at yeah. we was at the re- we was at a what what was that restaurant called? Probably Patashu or something Patichu, like that. Kathy you like Patichu. French food? Yeah, yeah. you into French food. And you said, "Hey, Andre, uh, yeah. I got this offer." Yeah. And I it's like, go for it. Mm-hmm. So how did it feel knowing that, that the new television station, Channel 4, wanted you? That was As, pretty cool. Yeah, I was, you know, and I will, you know, by this time, I'm way down on my weight. I'm like 60 pounds. So they, I knew they wanted to check me out just to see what it was going to look like on TV. Right, and right. that was very, that <laughs> that was remarkably helpful in keeping my longevity. Not only was I feeling better, my blood pressure's down, everything was, right. you know, I just generally had more energy. But it was the way that I was able to, um, you know, access the new job and be considered and yeah, I got offered the job. It's been great. I'll tell you what I like about the Channel 4, and I like the direction in which they went the new mm-hmm. the new CB4. Mm-hmm. Did I get it right? CBS4. CBS4. Yeah, very good. You got, you got it. The new CBS4. New CBS4. News anchor Debbie Knotts. Yes. What I like about what the direction that you guys went, you guys also bought Brian Welts. Brian Wilkes is on Fox 59. See, we are sister stations in the same building. CBS right. 4 and Fox 59 Chris we're all together. Wright. Chris Wright is on CBS 4. Brian's on Fox. They yeah. all sort of work together, but yeah. I Chris was like, Wright. that's really, really neat how they yeah. did that. You've seen the changing of the guards. Yeah. Let's be real. You've seen mm-hmm. the changing of the guard. We won't get deep, but we've seen when the transition took place. How mm-hmm. did that make you feel? Just seeing how, you know, what how how the TV whole business was going or how you see the change in people. The change in the, the, the news anchors. They're now young. They're yeah. vibrant. It's a mm-hmm. different... Yeah, different landscape. Different landscape. Mm-hmm. Where, what did you feel that you bought to that landscape? Or are they still reaching out to you? And how did, it, how did you feel when it did come into effect? Yeah, well, one of the things that that TV stations do is a lot of research. You know, they want to, you know, and and I 
one of the things I have gleaned over the years that I have pretty good name recognition. Yeah, you do. Especially with older viewers. Yeah, not, you do. not so much younger viewers, but older viewers. So that. Wait a minute. Older viewers. <laughs> older viewers. I'm not saying the age. I'm just saying <laughs> I grew up with you, Debbie Knox. I get a lot of that. So, and, that, and I'm happy about that. So, yeah. So I know that they've done research and, and Debbie Knox, that name is, you know, people, people, a number of people know it. Uh, and it's hard in, in the TV business to get your name out. It takes a long time. I've been here for right. X amount of years. So that's that's been the thing that has helped me through this transition and watching. Because I look at these young kids coming up, and they're smart, and they're hardworking, and they're, they they got to edit and write, and, and they're called MMJs, and they work their butts off, and I'm, I'm impressed. I, I, I worked hard, too. I, right. you know. But it takes time to get that name recognition, and that's what that's what a lot of stations will look at when they're looking to hire an anchor. Mm -hmm. Reporters are a little different situation, but so I, I knew I knew that you know that that was working for me. So your your brand to, your brand is definitely your name, but you yeah. also have a great connection with other brands, and one of the brands is the woman that you share the same birthday with. Patty Spitler. <laughs> <Tell> me, <laughs> I know. Tell me about you and Patty. Y'all got to be like this. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are. Yeah. We have. We've. We've worked together at the same station for years and years and years. And, um, you know, Patty. Patty and I have a very special friendship. When she, you know, you, you know, she has a hearing deficit. She's yeah. pretty open about that. And uh, when that was starting to happen, I was the first person. I think she would tell you this. That um, I took her to uh, the hospital to a um, speech and hearing guy to check her because she was having dizzy spells mm -hmm. so i've been around her through through thick and thin in terms of like that journey for her and i know that she's she's works she has hearing aids and stuff like that and she's very productive but we've you know she and i have sort of kept ourselves invented and reinvented she's like doing great stuff with her tv shows that she's doing i've been able to stay in news right. and, and we're both busy we always like hey let's have lunch and we it takes us six months to get together because we're both so busy but right. she's yeah she's a she's a phenom she's a she's a little workhorse i and, call you know, her the hardest working woman she, in indiana she is she is <laughs> she's very hard working she's doing it all she's on the air doing sales got the dogs doing i mean she's <laughs> yeah. you know she's she's a good friend she's a good gal she's tough tough broad I like her. On a serious note, we just um, got the verdict uh -huh. about the um, horrible tragedy that happened. From a news perspective. Are we talking the, about Derek Chauvin? No, what the, uh, the George Floyd. Oh, George, yeah, yeah, the George Derek, Floyd. The, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. From a news standpoint, come mm -hmm. at me from two directions, from a, from a news standpoint and from mm -hmm. The Debbie Knox side, the, mm -hmm. the the nun news. How did that make you feel? And uh, I, you know, from the everybody, I would assume had the same reactions watching that happen. That woman that just videotaped the whole time. There was no question in anybody's mind what happened there. And we were. You just wanted you want justice so bad in this case, you know. Um, I saw how the we all saw how the country erupted last year and the frustration. And this is not new for the black community. This is something that's been going on and on and on. And now it, you can't you could not escape that conversation about what's going on. So uh, it's been a difficult year, you know. You're you're you, you want to see change. You, I, I wouldn't want to be a police officer. I know that a lot of them deal with some very tough situations. I get it. I totally get it. But in this case, please. And I was so happy that 
Mr. Chauvin was found guilty and, you know, and we've just begun these conversations. There's There needs to be a lot more talk and conversation about police training and that sort of thing. We've got to do it. We just have to do it. It's hard. And there's a lot of defensiveness, and and uh, but we have to do it, and it's because it's we got to deal with this kind of issue in this country. This just popped in my mind. Mm-hmm. I sent you that email. You remember that email? Which one? The Which one, one about the neighborhood situation. <laughs> yes, yes. That's kind of got a bunch of people talking at the station. Really? Yeah. I like, mean, that's, well, you can tell your audience what this is all about now. Yeah. Um, there was a letter that that uh, came in an e-box, my email box, Mm -hmm. it really came from a friend of mine. I don't want to give his name. And he sent it to me. And I was like, is this real? And he goes, Dre, this came to me. And Mm -hmm. I said, well, let me forward it. And I sent it to to Mm -hmm. you. And the letter dealt with somebody that was a little upset about the number of minorities that was moving into their neighborhood mm-hmm. and suggested that since the um, the insertion of the minorities, the property values was going down and mm-hmm. vandalism and crime had increased in their mm-hmm. neighborhood. I won't mention a neighborhood because I don't want you know yeah. to, no, to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, it yeah. really shocking. It shocked me. In this day and, and age, what, what was what was your impression when I shocked, sent that to you? Shocked, and I sent that right onto our assignment desk and said, "Hey, and I got we've had several conversations about how to cover that. Now you have to have people like you that would <laughs> want to get involved, um, or or somebody that that's familiar with the neighborhood and chatting. I mean, I, I I think, and it's hard because, like you say, you don't want to give away, you know, you don't want to start something. Yeah, and make yeah. It worse. I don't want to add more but fuel that, to no, the fire. That thing you sent, that that message you sent me was shocking you know it's people making allegations and assumptions and it's it's evil stuff do we really know our neighbors that's that's the big that's the big question that's a very good question that's right we really know do and and do they know yeah yeah so i you know we even talked to the newsroom about do we bring the fbi into this do we get them involved and then you get you know you you can take it to a pretty high but nobody's threatening Right. But it was allegations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's kind of a crazy. That's crazy. That's the stuff that's out there. Since we had COVID, how has your life changed? Well, I have got my Moderna vaccine all put away. I'm good to go. I got mine Did the twenty first. Yeah. Did you get Pfizer or Moderna? Uh, Moderna. Yeah, Moderna. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I got Pfizer. Did you get Pfizer? Is it at the, is that the two? Yeah, both of them are two. Yeah. Pfizer and Moderna. But you know, Pfizer is the the first one that was out there. And then Moderna was any, right next to any. Yeah, I was terrible. Kicked my butt on the second one. Did you? I, I was sick. The second one, I, I, I don't say that I really felt anything. I didn't feel mm-hmm. because I work out. I guess it didn't have that much effect. Yeah. The uh, the muscle stiffness was definitely mm-hmm. there, but I was already used to the muscle stiffness. But I can yeah. clearly tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I did sleep a lot. Other than yeah. that, you know, yeah. it, it it was fine. I'm. Yeah, I'm not going wood. There's, That's there, right. There's nothing else. What's your uh, take on that? You think everybody should get it? Because we got a lot of people that are skeptical. I right know. Now. Isn't it amazing to find out how many? I got a lot of people at work. At work, they're like, "No, I don't think so." It's like, really? And I don't know. It's you know, there's people who just and I had this initially. It's like, you mean they're going to develop a vaccine that normally takes years to make? Yeah. They're going to do it in 10, 11 months? Really? You know? Uh, do we really understand all the you know? 
but I don't want COVID. Have you ever seen? I've I've seen you know I we've had, done enough stories yeah. about people with COVID, and I don't want that. So uh, you know, I, I had a client who uh, uh, naturally I can't give her name, but she told me her story. Her sister uh, went to the hospital during it was uh, right when, before right when we went to lockdown in February, oh. and she drove herself to the hospital before they start saying you can't get out and stuff. Yeah. And uh, she went in. Mm-hmm. It wasn't feeling good. Yep. Uh, never came out. Oh. Oh, that see that that'll do it. Never came out. Yeah, I mean it's serious. This is not the flu. The, fat- the the mortality rate is much higher for you know for for COVID. There's just been such. It's been a lot of misinformation, and you know you got you know people saying anything they want about it early on, and and, and people are you it's hard a, to overcome that fear. You know, you as a news reporter, and. You mm-hmm. specialize in the health department. Mm-hmm. How is your station addressing the issue to miss remove those things? And I would trust you because this is something that you do. But we mm-hmm. are still afraid of the newscasters. What are you doing as far as your part to make sure that people get accurate information and, and so forth with this? Because let's get real, it's not over. I think people think because there's a vaccine right. that it's over. No, no, no. It's not over yet. And there's variants. There's now a new Texas variant that's out there. Right. And it's more communicable. Yeah, what we have tried, what we have tried to do all along is just give out the facts from a scientific standpoint. We don't, we, we have deliberately stayed out of the politics. You find the politics and the opinions more on social media. You find it on certain stations. Right. But, you know, we have just said, here's the facts. We've done specials, not, I think three or four specials now concerning COVID and the facts and talking to doctors and talking to nurses and talking to healthcare workers, people that are on the front lines and really getting their opinions. And the science is on the side of getting this vaccine. And, under, you know, people can have questions about it, but there's a lot of information that is good information at this point. And don't don't believe all the craziness you might see online and social media. It, it, you got to stay with the science part of it. Just protect yourself. My mom had COVID, too. Really? And she survived. My mother, I cannot. She is bulletproof. I'm telling you, she's 92 well, years old. I remember what she said. I bought that dress. Yeah, that's right. I bought that dress. I said, okay, I know. I got it. I'm, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to get a job. Yeah, so yeah, she's a, she's, she's a tough cookie. She's She got through it. She But she was treated. She didn't go to a ventilator and do all that stuff. They got better treatments for it now. So. On, a, on a lighter note, let's yeah. talk about my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to give a, a, a special thanks to her for always getting the beast mm-hmm. hoodies and the beast uh uh, attire, your mm-hmm. your sister, mm. yeah, your twin. My sister, yeah, yeah, a little <laughs> younger than me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a, she, I, yeah, she put on, she's put yeah. on your shirt. Uh, she, she's, she got, she got. I think she would tell you that she went through kind of a period because she's, she's helps my mom and dad quite a bit up in Naperville and just got let, you know, one of these things, kind of let it go, let it go, let it go, and then you know, finally just hits and she decided to get real serious about losing weight and she's right. lifting and working out every day and you know getting outside and she's made a lifestyle change and very happy about it just back from hollywood she was uh, assistant directing a show out there for disney so what's the name of the show are you allowed to tell i think it's uh bonked or brunked i it, it's you know it's some kids show on on the disney you know spec you know i i, I should know but i could look it up but i <laughs> It's one of her shows. It's a it's a kids show on Disney. I know that. How close are you two? We're real close. We're really close. We've uh, she's lived in California most of her life, but she's been now in Chicago and been there for a number of years. So 
we grew up together, you know. She was my little sis, and I sort of looked out for her. And she's had, she's got her life story too, and uh, the whole Highwood thing, and how many people she's met. Burt Reynolds, she's got a good, she's got a lot of good stories for you, you know. I really, she, she won't, she won't return my phone calls. So. Uh, I'll get her up here sometime, <laughs> or I'll get her down here from Chicago. She'll be on your show sometime. So on the lighter side, before mm-hmm. we wrap up, yep. I'm going to ask two questions before mm-hmm. we wrap up, and I'm going to mm-hmm. close it off with my favorite one that you don't know is a surprise. Uh-oh. Here we go. The show is Beast, mm-hmm. and we know that Beast isn't always going into Beast mode, but Beast is a state of mind, and and how do you keep moving forward? We went through pandemics where we're dealing with racial inequality. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with so many issues right now, worldwide pandemics, you name it. People mm-hmm. feel like that they're not being treated fairly what in your sense in that beast frame of mind what would you do differently to the world what would you do or what can you say that will make a difference to people well uh you know i guess you have to kind of look at at history a bit and and people have been through some tough times and when you look at history you look at the history of african americans you look at the history of just history in general and people get through because they've got a beast frame of mind. They're going to be tougher than what they they see the problem as, right. and they and they get inventive about ways to to get to their goals. And that's what you got to do. You you can't give up. You got to keep moving forward. You know, and and you're going to have a few setbacks and sit around and oh pity me and things aren't working and I'm my life. Those are temporary issues. You're on a permanent path to success and making yourself happy and those people around you. Let, we just all want to be happy, right? right. I mean, isn't that kind of a goal? And and sometimes you get thrown off your path. And no, that's part of life. It is part of life. You're going to have problems. There's And it makes you better if you go forward in a positive way. And, and talk, talk with people like you, Andre. Talk with people who can motivate you if you're in a slump. Right. Because that really, that helped me a lot to just like somebody to kind of believe in me a bit and say, you know what, you can lose 60 pounds. You can, you can make it if you just do this, this, and this. And then get serious about it. And cons- weight loss is more like a, it's a consistency thing. You've got to do it all the time. You can't give up. So just, you know. We had... Um Lieutenant, the lieutenant governor on, mm. very nice lady, mm-hmm. uh, and um, we're going to talk about getting uh, Governor Holcomb on as well. That'd be great. What do you think? How do you think their roles have been with addressing the, the issues here in our hometown? Because I, I think they've done a, I think they've done a great job. I do too. I agree with you. I think Governor Holcomb and uh, Dr. Box have been on. They were on. They've been online. They've, I think they've. Uh, they're not doing this anymore. But for almost a year, right. getting on TV on Wednesdays at two thirty and talking to people about COVID and what their strategy is and what's happening with it and what they're doing. I, I think he's been great. I, I I've really admired his leadership. I think he's done a wonderful job, Dr. Box as well. So. You know, they're trying to be transparent. They, they've they told us when things are a problem. They've told us when the vaccines were going to be available. They, they said how they were going to do it. They want to get the oldest people vaccinated first because they're the most vulnerable. I respect his leadership. I, I think I do too. a lot of people are upset because he closed down so many, you know, and the masks and all this other stuff. But, man, this is a pandemic. It's, yeah. you know, it's different. You have so. a protocol you have to follow. And right. think people yeah. fail to realize that yeah. in order to make matters to prevent matters from being worse you got to follow the protocol yeah and if he's our general or she's our general right. we need to follow those those protocols i'm with you i'm with you um 
before we wrap up. Okay. Tell me what keeps. Who is this? Well, that's bunk. That's what it is. <laughs> Man, you got a good producer. Uh, boom. You are on it. That is the show. Bunked. Okay, You're so, right. So this is your sister's. My, now that's not her. That's not my sister. But this is, as you know, you've seen her. Yeah. Uh, this is the show that she's assistant director for. For one of the one of the segments that they did, one of the shows they did. Yeah, it's called Bunked on so, Disney. So make sure we tune into that. And yeah. Debbie Knox's sister. What's her name? It's Elisa Lisa Knox Nervig. Any any R V I G. Make sure so, you guys follow yeah. her on social media yeah, and then yeah. watch this this show I'm yeah. definitely what's, what's it about do you know anything about it no I don't know don't ask me any, I have no idea well we're gonna have her on the show and she can yeah she can talk about, about bunk it. right she'll promote this it needs a little promotion yeah because I couldn't even remember it so yeah thanks Jason good yeah, looking at yeah that was great good job good job bunked so on a lighter note before mm-hmm. we wrap up tell me what makes Debbie Knox happy it keeps Aww. you in that beast frame of mind you know what makes yeah. you get up every day and go you know what I'm, I'm glad to wake up today. Yeah. You know, if I, I being a mom, and I am a mom, and, and you're a father. Oh, yeah. And you know, if your children are happy, aren't you happy? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, if you're, and I'm not everybody's a parent, I get that. But if my if I know that my kids are in a good place and they're happy and doing the things they want to do, that makes me very happy. Um, you know, I'm I'm very happy when I get to do stuff with you because well, you're you. very motivating. <laughs> I mean, you, I, that's the other thing is get around people that kind of lift you up and that like, you can you, lift hit up. Hit your wagon or something. Yeah, that makes me happy. You know, and staying away from those people that can be kind of you know take you down. That it doesn't help you. So yeah, children being around motivated people like you it's all good it's all good and knowing that you know really knowing in your mind that problems are temporary and 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 they're not going to last you can get through it and that's some advice my mom gave me as crazy as we all were back in the day but hey you know things you'll get better things will get better things will get better just know that know that live it you know that's what you gotta do check out check out what i'm about to ask and i know Mm -hmm. what she's getting ready to do so Mm -hmm. tell me about your stance on the last president that was in oh what are you doing <laughs> you're getting me in trouble now we won't go there oh, talking yeah. politics <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, we're gonna stay away from politics no Woo. debbie told me yesterday she said dre if you bring that up i'm gonna walk out i figured she's just gonna get up and just like yeah walk you, out the we'll door end this show. i'll be like and the interview was going so <laughs> well, well up to that point uh, yeah that's a real dramatic way to end it you know but no. oh well, but, but anyway, Debbie, yes. thanks for being on the show. It's great to have you. We're definitely going to yeah. have your sister on and talk yeah. about, what was it called? Bunk, bunked. 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 Yeah. Bunked. Bunked. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. We're but that's her show. We're going to have her on here. And, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, you're definitely an inspiration to everybody Aww. in the state of Indiana worldwide. Thanks for being on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Andre the Beast Creighton Show and my guest, Debbie Knox. Thank you, Andre. <laughs>